Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. Hey fam, welcome to the Live Better podcast. This is Jason Lobig, co-founder of Live Better and your host of today's episode. This is a special episode of the Live Better podcast as it was recorded during our last virtual retreat in 2022 as a live workshop. Our virtual retreats include lots of what we do on a live retreat when we travel internationally. However, we get to bring in many new guests, including hosting workshops like panels, direct interviews, other instructors and teachers bringing their unique voice and art to our Live Better community, for which we are extremely grateful. If you are interested in joining us on a live retreat, our next one coming up in November of 2022 and beyond, please visit livebetterco.org backslash retreats. Please enjoy this very special episode of our Live Better podcast. Cool. We'll just do a, a little general kickoff here and then uh, introduce you guys on the panel. So um, because some people are logging on and watching all of these individually, we're giving kind of the same spiel for each one of these. Um, but if you guys are just logging on for this and don't have any experience with Live Better, my name is Jason. Um, I'm the co-founder of Live Better alongside Brett. Um, who's out on a family day today. Um, but we run these virtual retreats to give everybody kind of a flavor of what we do on our regular retreats and to give you an experience into how we think about wellness. Um, and really the foundation of that is through community. Um, and then we add all the elements of wellness that we find really important from your physical health to your mental health, to your spiritual health, to your emotional health. Um, and we do our our full retreats down in El Salvador, um, which obviously makes it a little bit difficult to start to bring in all of the wonderful people that we have partnerships with and that we get to work with on a regular basis and talk to and learn from. So these virtual retreats give us an amazing way to bring in some of the awesome people in our lives to allow you guys to learn from them um, and get connected to each other and share ideas just as we get to um, when we get to interact with them. Um, and we have and always will be on the side that introducing you to more people who can be helpful is better for all of us. Um, and sharing those communities has been an amazing way that we have formed relationships. Um, it's really shaped the way that I think about wellness. It's shaped the way that we do work in wellness. Um, and one of the best parts of that is we have this really big kind of diverse perspective on what each of us brings to the conversation. Um, regardless if you get all of your wellness information from one filter or if you like listening to podcasts or follow a bunch of different coaches, this really gives us an amazing way to kind of diversify how we learn to give you guys broad exposure to people that we really like and we get to work with. So it's an awesome opportunity for that. Um, we do have a retreat coming up next month if you like pulling the trigger on fast trips. Um, otherwise, we have another retreat at the end um, of the year in November on November 7th. So you guys can submit an inquiry for that. Um, but the most important reason why we're also doing these virtual retreats, um, it is free to all of the people who are participating, but we are raising money for our kids wellness program. And that's been and has become a huge focus for us. We have a digital program, which is a yoga um, meditation and mindfulness digital curriculum for kids K through six. And we deliver that over the course of a couple quarters or a semester for these kids. Um, and it provides a way for them to get yoga, meditation and mindfulness in their classroom. When we can do it in person, we get to go deliver and donate yoga mats um, and teach these assemblies and have like a big 
auditorium full of 200 six-year-olds meditating and it is so rewarding for us but it's also so highlighting because um, you know we're all playing catch up on learning how to meditate and learning how to take care of ourselves in our 20s 30s 40s and beyond Um, it would have been a hell of a lot easier had we started at six (laughs) so we kind of take it you know, incumbent on ourselves to pass some of that knowledge down and really start as early as possible. So um, if you guys um, have the means or desire, we would love for you to support that. Um, Every $200 that we um, get in donations, we donate a whole curriculum um, to a school for a year. So that's kind of the, you know, the the big sort of purpose of of running these on the back end and and making them free. Um, So getting past that, I would love to introduce our wonderful panel of people um, have four people on here that I deeply respect that also come from kind of very different areas of wellness, which is kind of cool. Um, we've got the PR and media side, we've got someone from hotel and travel, um, someone from a big kind of wellness community, sort of similar to ours, but with a lot of other awesome stuff that they do. And then also in um, the beverage and kind of alternative alcohol space. So um, I'm gonna introduce the four of you and then let you guys give your own spiels. Like I said, you'll do it more justice than me. Um, so we'll start with you. Um, we've got Joel Contour on here from Kimpton, Serena from 121 Tribe, Dean um, from Stat Media PR, and then Bridget Connolly from Luna Bay. So I'll, I'll let each of you go in order. Joel, um, why don't you start and kick it off? Just introduce yourself, where you're located, um, and then kind of what you do in the wellness space. And we'll, we'll let that um, kind of matriculate from there. Nice, nice, Jace. Thanks so much. And good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, Joel Contour, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Kimpton Gray Hotel here in Chicago. Uh, I've been with Kimpton for almost seven years now, and it's been a really, really great journey. Uh, for us, uh, the, it's about the guest. It's exactly what that is. It's it's the guest journey that I, I take care of and a big part of with the team to ex- ex- execute an experience or a stay with us. Um, and there's you know many different elements and touch points along the way with the guest journey, but health and wellness is a, is a huge focus for us, and especially after what we're all coming out of um people returning to travel and and getting back to business corporate travel as well as leisure travel uh there's an element to the wellness component and the safety of of guest stay that uh i think for us is is a really exciting and and uh i think it's a a, a encouraging part of of what we do along the guest journey but we can chat about that more soon but really great to be here and thanks for having us jason awesome thanks joel uh serena how about you Hey everyone, thank you so much for the invitation. This is such a great event and I'm I'm very grateful to be here. So I'm Serena, I'm the co-founder of One to One Tribe. Um, uh, We are a platform for um, uh, wellness uh, camps um, that we are uh, guiding them with the help of uh, some renowned wellness experts. So we are basically everything about wellness and we're just our mission is to, to help uh, as many people as possible to, to live healthier, more sustainable, because uh, we put a lot of emphasis uh, on, uh, on the environment and on uh, conscious uh, actions and choices. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, we are organizing uh, online camps, very similar to yours uh, here, but maybe ours are longer, uh, depending on the experts, on their philosophy, on their, um, on their programs. And um, what uh, what we have um, um, uh, what we believe and what we have achieved so far is uh, that without the power of the community, and I know that you can agree here, um, there is no transformation. I mean, people do want to live healthier. People um, do know what they have to do to live healthier and to make this kind of lifestyle healthier lifestyle cho- choices, but they need the, the support and the guidance from the community. So we are building this amazing, beautiful tribe um, uh, that support each other and um, they grow to, to basically to, to create um, a movement and to create an impact in the world. So yeah, we're really, really happy to to share the same values and to share the same mission as Live Better. Awesome, thank you, Serena. Uh, Dean, thank how about- you so much. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. This is awesome to be on this panel with uh, such a 
diverse and, and talented group. So I'm excited for the discussion. Uh, my name is Dean Statman. I'm based here in New York City. Right now, I'm the founder of Stat Media PR, which is a health, fitness, and wellness focused PR agency. We also do talent management, uh, editorial production, video production, so quite a few things, but PR is sort of the, the core pillar of the agency. Um, prior to this, my, my whole career has been in health and wellness, uh, particularly on the media side. So I worked as an editor um, in health wellness magazines for about 10 years. Um, most recently at Men's Health, I was the deputy editor, held a bunch of different positions there. Uh, prior to that at Men's Fitness, uh, at NBC Sports, I worked on the nutrition side for a long time. So really I turned 10 years of wellness media um, as a career into the other side of that, which is PR pitching back to the editors. Um, so it was kind of interesting to create you know, an agency in the image of something that I, I really disliked <laughs> as an editor. So I had to figure out what was, what was cool about the agencies that we liked dealing with and what did we sort of hate about PR agencies in general. And we kind of built from the ground up, uh, sort of reverse engineered. And so, yeah, we're about to turn four years old, which is exciting, about two weeks. But really for me, I think what, what I can help bring here is just a broad perspective to wellness from like, at least even just that men's health from one of the largest wellness media brands in the world. You know, we saw content go from print to online to tablet, digital to tablet to um, God video, then experiential. Um, and all the while we've been figuring out how to tell these wellness stories and, and distill a lot of really sort of intense and in-depth research into things that the average person can understand and absorb into their life. So, uh, yeah, that's really my background, and um, excited to chat. Awesome, thanks, Dean and Bridget. Last but definitely not least. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jason. Um, well, nice to meet everyone, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I'm Bridget. I'm the founder and CEO of Luna Bay Hard Kombucha. Um, we're the first female-founded, um, female-brewed and led uh, hard kombucha company, and we started in Chicago a little over two years ago. Um, my background, I worked at Lululemon for a number of years. My uh, position was actually called the storyteller. Um, so really being able to tell the story of a brand um, to a health and wellness community um, around the U.S. and then um, also in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and really, you know, taking what I learned from, you know, building a brand uh, to, um, you know, L Luna Bay Booch. So um, it's been a really um, amazing journey and really to see like how people resonate with not only the brand that we're building, but um, the health conscious space for alcohol as well like finding a niche in the space of um, alcohol um, that is better for you alcohol so how do you tell the story of that and um, resonate with your consumers especially during the times that we live in now and um, you know mental health being something that is definitely top of mind um, so yeah that is a little bit about Luna Bay and me thank you Bridget uh, the, the first question that I kind of broadly want to ask, and I would also encourage the four of you to like ask questions of each other, feel free to pop off mute, um, and hop in. And if all four of you start talking at once, I can, <laughs> I can jump back in, but Serena, I want to ask you first, um, because this is a good sort of kickoff question. Um, and some of these are going to take a pretty broad stroke. So please define it in your own terms. The first kind of overall question is, how do you define wellness? Well, for me, wellness for sure is multidimensional and uh, it's not only about our physical body. It's about finding this balance, uh, finding the holistic uh, health through our daily actions, through our daily practices, healthy habits, and to obtain this, what whatever is for everyone um, uh, their 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 holistic health so this is this is what it means for me uh, wellness but actively doing it i really like that dean what uh i i also um full disclosure to everyone watching this i also work with dean <laughs> um and he does an awesome job um so we've had a lot of discussions like just in, in an interesting like interfacing with brands and he does this all the time dean what um Maybe how do you define wellness coming at it from an individual, but also you could add some color to how some of the brands I think that you work with, or maybe like the magazine, you can kind of take this tilt, like how do they define it? Because in some way, shape or form, like it does get commoditized a little bit um, because we have to sell it somehow. So, um, and I think that that's always the interesting thing for me is how do we 
commoditize or maybe package wellness into these bite-sized pieces for people to understand, but then also unpack that backwards and say, it's not just one product you can buy. It's not just one thing you can use. To Serena's point, you have to consider the like holistic picture. So we're kind of constantly like trying to sell these little items, but then also broadly talk about it. Um, Dean, how do you kind of define wellness for yourself? And then maybe shed some light on what are some of the like industry forces and and how are they defining that? Yeah, great, great question. A lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I think I'm actually going to answer your question backwards. I think the first thing to understand just as consumers and people in general, but particularly people who are spending money on wellness um, and being advertised to is that it is an industry at the end of the day. It's a multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. And so there are definitely constant forces trying to to make money off of that it's just wellness is super hot it has been for a while and it's not going to go anywhere really because you know humans don't change that fast but i think we have to understand and i'll, I'll speak from personal experience let's say at um in print media you have to sell ads every issue like your publisher is going to go under unless you are selling ads against your content and it's the same for online it's the same for really any medium these days unless you have a strong subscription business but in the age of essentially free content everywhere, you know, who, who has a strong subscription business, uh, except for maybe the New York Times. So you have to be aware of the fact that there are going to be constant forces trying to sell you new ways of saying the same thing just into perpetuity. Uh, you know, it's the reason why you've got like the hotel workout, the, you know, use the side of your car workout. It's like, well, this is really just here, a body weight workout there. You're good for the rest of your life. Like you don't need all those. Um, so I think that we have to be aware of that, first of all. And then once we are, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off just with that realization alone, because you realize that wellness really isn't something that's changing all the time, that I have to be on a particular newsletter to find out what's good and what's healthy this month, because I want to keep my wellness up. It's really about stopping time, looking around yourself and saying, what works for me right now? So what do I need right now? And what's currently out there that I can use to support that aspect of my wellness? And so I think, like Serena said, um, wellness is really like you've got your health, which is the big sort of tectonic building blocks, right? Like your vitals. And then I think to me, at least wellness is what sort of fills in the cracks. It's like, how am I feeling? Uh, what am I, what's my energy like? Even if nothing is technically wrong with me, how can I optimize um, and, and add little things into my daily routine and my life? So to answer your question exactly backwards, uh, that's what I define wellness as. I, I really like that too. Cause I think, you know, when I, I, I mean, when I'm broadly talking about live better, I always say, oh, we're a health and wellness company. But those those two things to me are like the vitals kind of packaged here. And then the wellness is the, all the color and shade in between. And the things that we, we take above and beyond like, oh, my blood pressure is at a normal level. <laughs> and I feel generally healthy. But beyond that, that's not necessarily optimized. Um, so I like it's a it's a great perspective I think for people who are always thinking about only pushing or only the health side of it that it's got kind of it is multidimensional. Um, Bridget, I want to ask you. You um, run an alcohol company, <laughs> and um, we've had some discussions on this before. And I think the way that you guys frame it, um, and the way that you think about building community, and from you know. Uh, I knew you from Lululemon even before. So wellness is obviously like an extremely part, uh, important part of your lifestyle. How do you guys at Luna Bay not get caught up in like, uh, you know, Bud Light is in every stadium, it's in all of this. Like, how do you kind of pull back and say, we know we're making a healthier choice. We know we're choosing a better option. How do you not get caught up in making something that's more broadly kind of consumable in the alcohol space and kind of stick to your guns um, and really kind of stay true to that course. I'm always kind of curious yeah. about that when yeah. you could, you know, kind yeah. of sell out and make way more money. I just. Right. Yeah. It's been interesting. I think like when we first started, um, you know, our first homebrew batches, they're like, you know, that what you make there is never going to be as good as that is going to be on the shelves one day. You're going to lose, you're going to lose sight of, you know, that for those first craft batches to, you know, mass production. And I think when we really drill down of like, what are our core values? What do we believe in? And it's like authenticity, um, being true to ourselves, um, being honest with ourselves and honest with what, what's what on, in our product is really important to us. And so when we come back and we like look at the big picture, we always want to go back to like, are we being honest with ourselves and with, um, with what we're putting out there? 
And to us, it's just, it's, it's a non-negotiable. And I think as we've started to grow and we've learned about the industry and we've learned about what people can put in their drinks and call it organic or call it this or that, um, and, you know, and make it for half the cost of what we're making it for and, you know, and slash the prices and all of that. Like, but when you taste the quality and, and you, you taste it in your body and you feel it in your body, you can feel the difference, um, you know, of those types of products. And so for us, it's like, how do you want to feel? And we want to be honest with ourselves. We want to be true to ourselves and we want to feel good. And so when we made Luna Bay, it's like, we, we want to feel good, do good and bring people together. And that's really our core mission statement is, you know, when we started sourcing our ingredients, we wanted to always stay true to that. And so while our price point is a little bit more, um, we're starting to actually see, um, you know, our consumers are, are seeing through all of that kind of stuff. And so they're actually, you know, really more resonating with, even though it is a little bit of a higher price point, but in our messaging, we share, you know, where we source our Palo Santo wood from, where we source our tea from little lavender um, farms that we get our lavender from. Everything is real ingredients. And we're really showcasing that in our marketing. And I think now um, people are kind of cutting through all of that kind of stuff and seeing what's, what's really in product because they feel it in their bodies. So um, for us, it's just, it's really important. It's who we are and it's how we've gotten this far. And I think um, that's how we're going to continue to grow and build the brand and uh, continue to, you know, put a premium product forward in what we we have on the shelves. Yeah, I, w- I was talking to um, a friend of mine who owns a business in the NA alcohol space, in the NA beer space. And it was really interesting listening to him talk about the profile of their customer um, yeah. said that most of our customers drink like 75 to 80% of the people who consume our NA beer also consume alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I always found that to be really interesting because I think the history of NA has really been, well, this is for when you can't control your alcohol, not as a substitute to right. how do we make this fit into your lifestyle without you right. having to eliminate all of these things and be kind of like so strict in one way or another, almost as if like, we don't trust people to be responsible because <laughs> right, right, yeah. kind of any, any element of your wellness too far uh, exactly. or not far enough. So what, what is kind of the, who do you think is like the general profile? I'm sure you have lots of great data on this, but who's the general profile of the person who incorporates Luna Bay into their day? Like, what are they doing? What do they do to exercise? What do yeah. they do? their health, like how do they think about incorporating it and feel free to use your yourself as a anecdote for that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really interesting. I think in the beginning when we started Luna Bay, um, you got so much like, it's just a women's drink and it, that's just for, you know, ladies. And it's just been really cool to see like the evolution of, um, our consumer and people that are starting to try kombucha that maybe, you know, we're like, Oh, it's too acidic or too sour. And they actually end up trying it. And they're, it's very, it's different. I think it's very effervescent approachable. Some of them are almost like sour beers. And, um, I think our consumer definitely is looking for something that's not as heavy as a beer. So, um, they want something that's a little bit lighter, a little bit more approachable. And I think for us, we're seeing consumers now all across um, the board of, um, lifestyle and activities, but it has been really interesting to see, um, in sporting venues. So we have, um, you know, we just launched with the white Sox, Um, and then we've also just recently launched the venue in Austin and, um, you know, consumers that are out at these, you know, types of sports, um, events or things like that are really interested in trying something different and new. Um, and then, and also just, uh, we just got some national park business as well. So, um, that consumer that's, you know, out, you know, running or hiking or, you know, going to a sporting event, um, you know, kind of just looking for a different type of option. So, um, I think really it's kind of all across, you know, the board. And I think for myself too, like, that's just something that, you know, I want to be active and outdoors like every day. And when I want to enjoy, you know, something to drink, like I want to also be able to feel good about what I'm putting in my body. So, we're seeing kind of consumers, all men and women, um, really all ages and kind of all across the, the spectrum at this point. Very cool. Yeah. As a vote of confidence, I also very much enjoy it. <laughs> I think you were like one of the first Jason and like really pushed forward on the boots like boy train. And so now I think it's, you know, starting. I love it. I love it. I'll be on yeah. the boot boy train for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joel, how, how does, I, th- I think you may have the most interestingly impacted um, story from wellness. Um, and I'm going to let you answer this and then segue into my next question. Um, and I'll frame it for both because it, it can be probably included in both of your answers, but how does the hotel define wellness as a part of its, its 
experience when you stay at the gray um, or at a Kimpton property? And then where do you see wellness going for 2022 in yeah. the travel space or in the, the hotel and hospitality space? Great questions, Jason. And, you know, I kind of going to go back just a, a big picture. Kimpton started as one of the very first boutique hotel uh, chains here in America back in the early 80s. And you kind of cast your mind back that far. Um, and it kind of is, is very intriguing to think about what health and wellness was like in the 80s, 90s, the, you know, the, the noughts, um, and what that evolution has looked like as a guest experience. And I kind of go back to our, our bike learning, learning uh, program where, and, and I think this is what's great about our, our brand is um, no Kimpton, no hotel how, is, is ever the same. It has its own muse. It has its own characteristic. Uh, but our core guest journey, you know, within our amenities and the service and the touch points along the way um, is what stays true to the brand. Um, so to watch uh, wellness um, and the trends um, infuse into the guest journey is has been an intriguing one, and especially with our brand. So we go from the, the bike learning programs to where we've had um, now there's a yoga mat in every Kimpton guest room around the world um, and yoga channels. Um, and then you come to us at the Grey and we've, uh, you know, taken it that next step, uh, especially in this current climate that we've come out of, uh, where we've partnered with you guys and, you know, have really individualized that uh, in-room workout. Um, I think we're one of the first brands to kind of go and um, personalize um, wellness in that factor. Um, and we're getting some great feedback about that um, from from our from from the top knots at our our Kimpton headquarters as well. So, for us and what we see this year um, and you know the future of travel is is simply that you know partnering with um, the brilliant minds of yourselves and and everyone on on this kind of panel um, is really just helping keep in touch with what the consumer is looking for, what our what guests are traveling. You know, travel has changed so much. In the last two three years, you know, we we're entering a stage of uh, the leisure travel where you know uh, the gone are the days where Monday is your is your most busiest travel day. It's now Thursdays where people are tagging in a Thursday Friday business trip and then working and and uh, having a, a leisure stay through the weekend through Monday. So um, I think for us, it's it's going to be about that evolution of the guest and and how the trend stays. Um, but most importantly, I think it's just remaining current and. Um, sticking with um you know what, what guests are enjoying yeah dean did you want to ask something yeah i don't know how to ask a question i just put my hand up <laughs> um, uh, joel i actually have a question for you and, and Serena, maybe you can jump in here if it's relevant but i just feel like personalization or customization is something that's totally just barging its way into the travel and experiential space right now and maybe we haven't seen it fully flourish just yet it seems like it's it's on its way um everything consumer face right now is becoming like well let's do you know let's figure out what you're eating um and figure out like your food based on your blood type or here there's 23 and me or you know row mind with like customized digital based mental health like everything is going towards what's actually right for you as a person and i'm starting to see some retreat businesses and and some uh, hospitality companies weaving in little elements of that like putting things in your room that are specific to you and not just sort of you as like a wellness fanatic are you seeing any of that sort of forecasted or, or coming up like really tailoring things to the individual oh yeah 100 percent. you know it's coming right down through to our you know guest amenities it, you know gone gone are the days in the sense of a loyalty program where you you enter in your preferences your, your high floor away from the elevator you have no feathers if you're you know hyperallergenic um but now it's it's kind of it's really it's helping us on property and at a brand level to step up and uh, dive into what that experiential uh, opportunity and guest journey is in a sense of uh, a property and what they what their amenities might be um, and especially with their location and infusing it with you know perhaps it's you know uh, a, a whole city submersion. Um, but it really is for us. It's what we're seeing is 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 certainly the personalization of uh, uh, experiential uh, stays. Yeah. Uh, for me, because uh, I would love to jump in uh, this conversation, and what we have seen uh, with uh, with our camps, with our experiencing at One to One Tribe, 
I mean, people are so coming from all over the world. They're so diverse. They're coming from different backgrounds, different lifestyles, different schedules, um, uh, different goals. You know, they're coming with uh, with many different things, but they do have a commonality when, when it comes to they all want to feel better. They all want to thrive. So this is the, the common factor that brings them together. But we ha- what we have seen as major um, key success factors within this process of uh, implementing healthy habits, of making a change, it's again, I'm going back to the power of the community and the support and the motivation that they are bringing to each other. And no matter if they are, they, they have different goals and they, they need a personal maybe uh, approach, they do have this support and this, this guidance that comes from the community, that comes from the expert. Um, and creating, I believe it's super, super important. And we have seen amazing, mind-blowing results, creating this safe space where people can actually share their stories. They can be vulnerable. Uh, they can share both their struggles, both their successes. And I think uh, for us, at least, this is uh, what uh, creates um, uh, amazing transformations in these people's lives. Serena, to that point, um, and and Joel, I'll kind of just expound on uh, what you said earlier too. When I was, so before I started Live Better, I was working for PwC in tax consulting <laughs> and traveling every week. Um, yeah, still a recovering CPA, if any of you are, are listening and, and decided that that was a good idea. Um, I picked a hotel based on the gym. I was like, I don't care what the room looks like. If you can put an epic gym in there, like that, this is where I'm staying because that was the flip for me to make everything else feel good. Um, and I, I think it will be really interesting to see how people use hotel travel when it also kind of turns into a co-working space. Because like you said, work is not done nine to five Monday through Friday anymore. It's kind of whenever and we want our home space to be our workspace, to be our play space, to be a hub for kind of coming and going. Um, and that's certainly something that I really like about the gray in Chicago, like all the spaces sort of feel seamless from like kind of where I eat to where I work out to how I feel in the room, which is an exciting thing about putting our meditations and some yoga in the room. I want that like sense of continuity to make me feel healthy and energized and productive and social and safe and all of these great things about travel and community throughout the, all the spaces in the hotel. Um, and to be able to kind of use that as a hub. Um, and t- to your point, Serena, I, I would love to hear what have you guys, cause you guys have been doing digital stuff for a while. Um, and I've been doing these big things where like the virtual kind of space for us is a little newer. Um, and I know you guys do in-person stuff too, um, but our retreats have historically only been in person. What do, what are you seeing in some of the camps um that people care about now maybe more than they did pre-pandemic or what kind of changes are you seeing from what your customers are asking of you guys in your experiences or what is kind of becoming popular because i know you guys also do a ton of different great stuff also yeah so i mean we're coming as the founders of One to One Tribe. We're coming uh, from almost two decades working in this uh, field of uh, wellness and fit, but mainly fitness. So we have been building fitness uh, fitness chains uh, in Europe, uh, and then um, with our vision and uh, a passion for really helping more and more people to actually transform their life and live better. We wanted to take this business uh, digital. We wanted to take it online so we can actually impact more people. Um, And uh, what we have um, actually seen uh, uh, throughout our camps, because our camps basically, they are just like, uh, people are following programs in our mobile app. So we, we have a mobile app and the, the, the programs are everything for from meal plans to just uh, recipes. We're all about plant-based food. We're all about a sustainable lifestyle to workouts, to yoga sessions, breathing, meditation. So 
as I said initially, it's a really holistic uh, approach, a lot of knowledge as well. And everything is guided by, uh, by an expert. Um, so one of our experts is uh, Darren Olin. Uh, he's uh, famous for uh, the Netflix documentary Down to Earth. He's um, been reading uh, uh, New York bestselling books, Super Life, and we're transforming his book into a digital engaging experience that actually people can do a little bit more than after reading a book and actually implementing all of these uh, healthy habits uh, in their life. But then we're putting the, all of these people into a setting uh, where they can um, connect with each other and uh, where they can support each other. And this is when the change is, uh, is created. Um, so uh, what we, what we have seen, it's really, really amazing results, everything from people really like bursting of energy to getting off rid of meds to um, just uh, improving their mental health. So I believe that the digital space can offer so much more support whenever you need it, because you can take it wherever you go with you. Um, so definitely a much back, uh, bigger impact uh, through our uh, through our digital uh, resources. And but in the same time, it's always lovely to meet and uh, to do something uh, in the physical world. And uh, this is something that we are we would love to do for for the future. So yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, Dean and Bridget, I want to throw this question to both of you. Uh, we are all so focused on adding our stuff to the space. Everybody wants to promote new things. We want you to buy our stuff, we want to promote new stuff. Um, but uh, one of my favorite ways to feel healthy is to start to subtract <laughs> lots of things when I start to get overwhelmed, stressed, when I feel unclear, unfocused. Um, usually comes from over adding and leads to overwhelm rather than a very clear sense of focus and being able to blot out the things we know aren't kind of good for us, um, even though they're not may not be inherently unhealthy or bad. Um, each of you can answer this. Um, what do you think should be subtracted from our wellness space um, in an age of overindulgence, too much information, not enough filters? Bridget, take it away. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what subtracted, I feel like for me, um, yeah, not as much access to technology. Sometimes I think like I need to just really um, calm my mind. I have deleted so many different, you know, apps from my phone. I don't have Instagram on it anymore. Like just, I download it when I need to, of course, it's really good for, from like a brand, you know, perspective, but just like, I realized like some of the busyness of my mind, um, you know, just in my day-to-day -day life, it's just been, uh, it's, it's really hard to shut off and to quiet. And so I think some, some, subtracting for me is just looks like, rest screen time less time on your phones and and like really championing for that because i think sometimes it's like well you signed up for this and you know you have to just keep working and pushing through and it's um it's you're not good to anyone if you're doing those things so um not being so available i think that we all have a very like sense of urgency too to respond right away and get back to people and just like really setting boundaries with um you know i think we could subtract like that sense of urgency and you know response time like setting you know boundaries within yourself of what feels good and what feels right and communicating that and you know making sure people can respect that too um so i think yeah the the sense of urgency is definitely one in less time on screens how did you feel that transition went when somebody for the first time was expecting you to respond i saw some hilarious instagram thing today it was like oh my god i'm so sorry i forgot to respond to your messages <laughs> like because we accidentally created a world with 15 messaging apps where I'm yeah. supposed to respond within 10 seconds, like my bad. Um, yeah. What, uh, what was that kind of like detox <laughs> transition like, or, you know, cause I think we kind of teach people how to treat us. So if you are responding to things within five minutes, people start to yeah. expect that. What was that kind of like transition to that? And did you fill the time with something else purposefully? Yeah. Um, or did you just leave that time open to just kind of, um, you know, almost like find yourself bored so that you could be focused on what you want after that. Yeah. I mean, I felt like personally, I felt like resistance, like within myself and then resistance from like people that I love that 
I'm not, you know, responding, texting, Instagramming back, sending back LinkedIn messages, you know, and I just, I felt, I felt resistance because I'm, I'm a people pleaser at my core. And so, you know, I'm wanting to make sure everyone happy and get back to people and do, you know, whatever it can to make them happy. So I felt myself like pushing against it. And so when I could like lean into that and be like, this is actually going to better you and be helpful for you. Um, I could like feel more comfortable and more empowered, like asking for what I need and how I'm going to respond. Um, and then I felt resistance from the people that I love too, of just like almost like their longingness and, you know, like I need more from you. I need to communicate with you more, but then it's like, you have this bit of resistance, just like anything and like a little, just like uncomfortability and then you work through it and then it becomes your new norm. And, you know, it just is just that moment of resistance before you get to it. Um, and so I think for now, like, I mean, through my family group chat, I mean, it's all day, every day. And it's like Bridget hearts something every four days, you know, like they're just used yeah. to me kind of being, you know, not as responsive, but I'm just more vocal about it. Like, Hey guys, I'm really underwater this week. I love you all. I hope you have a great week. I'll, I'll chime in on Sunday, <laughs> you know, like really being forthright. Cause I think if you leave it sometimes in like the gray area, that's where there's like confusion or people can take things personally. So just being upfront ahead of time, like I'm, you're not, you know, even with my good friends, you know, as I've started Luna Bay, I've had to really, you know, tell them like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be really available. I'm in a fundraising round and like, I'll be, I'll be more available in April, you know, and then just like letting them know. So they don't take it. Like I I've like abandoned them or anything like that. So um, yeah, I think resistance and then, you know, you become your new norm and it, and then it's better for everyone in the long run. Yeah. I love that preface. And I think that the uh, responding with a heart or exclamation marks, yeah. best thing to ever happen to text messaging. Yes, totally. Delete. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Just heart, 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 heart. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk in April. Yes, exactly. Uh, Dean, how about you? You you might see more volume of stuff than anybody I know in this um, and are constantly kind of, I think, filtering out what's kind of important um, while you also decide for yourself what I, I would imagine that you could have access to any product, any class, any offering and wellness pretty much. How do you decide sort of what you want and what is good for you amidst all of this stuff coming um, kind of inbound. And then also just more broadly, like answer the, the subtraction question, however you want. Yeah. I mean, about subtracting, I think it's, it's hard to say what I'd subtract from sort of broader wellness industry right now, just because I think one of the best parts of the variety and diversity that we have is that there really is something for, I'll say most people, right? And so there might be something out there which I think is useless and someone's like, it's a game changer uh, for their wellness. I think for me, I'd bring it back to the to the personal again. Um, sort of just from, like you'll notice a trend. I just keep coming back to customization. It's probably because of exactly what you just said. We get so many inbounds every day. Like literally, I'm not kidding, over 100 because we represent 16 people on the talent side. We generally, we're very boutique on the PR side of the business. So we limit it to five or six clients max. Um, but we still have a lot of brands that are either trying to be potential clients for PR or are trying to pitch us to work with our talent. And so across nutrition, fitness, wellness, travel, style, like you name it, um, we're just being like pelted with band, uh, brands like on a daily basis. So there's definitely a lot of noise that I have to sort of filter out for sure. But I want to bring this. I know there's some people also listening who aren't really in the industry and they're looking more for just sort of general like insight into wellness and some practical takeaways. So. I think this is the perfect time for, um, in terms of what to cut away, to to share something that I found to be an absolute game changer for me in terms of minimizing, kind of like you were talking about, and you can probably tell I'm pretty minimal, I, I hate stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know, doing a today, this is gonna sound so specific, but I think this will help some people at least on here, doing a daily to-do list versus your master to-do list. So this seriously changed, like I wouldn't, probably be here in the fourth year of my agency like alive if I hadn't done this because uh, the stress would have killed me. So I want to have like a 30 item to-do list where every time something new comes up, I just add it. And then as I go through my day, I'm just checking off boxes and it feels good every time you do that. But ultimately you get to 8 p.m. and you've still got obviously like 28 things and um, you're not going to get it done. And so you end the day with almost like a like an unsatisfied feeling. And in terms of wellness, I think that's, you know, that's a red flag. Like that's a mental health issue that you're not ending your day in a good place where you can just sort of tune out and do something else and then go to bed and feel great. 
and not have anxiety work dreams. So, you know, taking some key things out of that list and actually saying today I'm doing these seven things and, you know, being realistic about it. And then whether you finish it at 5 p.m. or at 2 p.m., you can actually end your day right there and feel fulfilled and satisfied in what you did. And like, I, I've just learned this about myself and this is coming back to just personalized wellness. Like you can put me on a couch in front of my favorite Netflix show with my favorite snacks or whatever. And I will be unhappy if I feel like there's a task that I haven't done that I should be doing. It's like, you can give me whatever I want. I'm still not going to be there mentally. So for me, it's about figuring out how to handle the stuff that you know you need to handle, whether it's work, whether it's family commitments, whether it's fitness, um, and doing it in a way that allows you to still get that sense of completion at the end of the day. So that was a huge one for me. And then connected to that, I would say just understanding that I think you might have seen I'm wearing a whoop, um, all about like, you know, quantified self, like not to an extreme, but I do like to know generally where I'm at, uh, whether you wear a whoop or an aura ring or, um, you know, some of the newer devices that also have HRV measuring capabilities uh, for heart rate variability. And one of the most interesting insights to come out of this is that we, um, we interpret stress, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, the same. Your heart rate variability will literally go down if you've had a stressful emotional week or if you've had a stressful fitness week, all the same, like it's all processed the same way in your body. And so when you realize that, it's like, okay, I had a really stressful day at work. I still have to do a workout. Well, knowing this, it's like, maybe I shouldn't do the workout right now because that's just going to overstress my body for tomorrow. And with that information, I'm also not going to feel guilty and beat myself up tonight about missing the gym. So I think having an understanding of how we interpret stress and deal with it, whether it's a workout or work or something else, a fight with your partner <laughs> or whatever. Um, so yeah, subtracting, uh, I guess that, that totally gets away from subtracting, but that's what I said. And back to you. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I was going to say in that too, of just like listening to your body of like what, like what you would typically do. Like, you know, if I'm like, Oh, I like work out every day. Cause like, this is how I deal with stress. And like actually being like, is this what I really need right now? Like, what do I, maybe I actually just need to take a nap or read a book or go for a walk with a friend, like re looking at some of the patterns that I've like had in the past that might've been like what I've used to de-stress, but do they always like serve me in the right way? And like doing less actually to like be more productive, which is really hard for me, but like, I, I can relate to what you're saying in the same sense of like, what, what is it that you need in order to, you know, be a, the best version of yourself? And it might not be always what you did in the past, like, you know, kind of re-looking at what that might be like for you. I, when I was listening to you talk, Dean and Bridget, when, when, when you just said that too, I think Dean, the, one of the things I pulled out that you said that's really, really important is that you have this idea of what a successful day is and a set to-do list. And if you happen to be productive and finish that early, that doesn't always mean that we need to add another 50 things to the list. Uh, and, um, Bridget, you were kind of talking about this, honestly, with sort of the detox away from being connected all the time. I'm reading um, for the second time, Deep Work by Cal Newport. And in the book, the, the title kind of makes sense about what the book's about. It's about like doing deeply committed work and being focused for extended periods of time. But the, the contrast that they draw in the book are also to why we are addicted to shallow work constant email management. If you find yourself, which I do, refreshing my email way too often. Um, every time you show up at an elevator and you wait for it, your phone flicks open and you go to Instagram. Every time we're in line and you have to wait for 30 seconds, we're constantly checking our phone or looking at our watch. And it just shows sort of the general level of impatience. And one of the things in the book that he talks about, and a lot of the anecdotes they're using are like high level PhDs, People that are working research institutions that are working their normal job, they're working their research job, they're asking to, to author things on the side, which would be like all of us trying to write research papers after coming home from our day jobs with kids and other responsibilities around the house. One of the things that he makes a pretty big mention of is like an aim to almost be bored um, and that we need time to allow our brain to shut down rather than always be connected um, because we have a finite amount of energy to use to focus on the things that we want. So if Bridget is responding to 80 text messages when she needs to deeply think about strategy, which might have a deadline, 
it makes it really hard for our brain to focus on that. And we have so many things that are vying for our attention that one of um, one of my big things has really been trying to prioritize more rest rather than trying to consistently add more stuff to the to-do list, get back to more people. Um, and I think that we just don't really value uh, rest and recovery as, a, as an equal and important thing in at least in US culture. Um, and Serena, this is something that I wanted to ask you because I think you operate a little more internationally, um, even physically right now, not located in the US. Um, can you kind of talk about some ways that people outside of a US culture kind of think about rest and recovery? Because I think leisure is a little more interwoven into, at least into European culture from what I'm familiar with. And how do you guys kind of teach that a little bit differently to like a, a European client? Because in the US, like I have to like beat somebody over the head with rest to make them, I have to convince them that it's a muscle to be worked um, or some to-do list <laughs> item to check off for them to think about the value of it. Like, how do you guys kind of talk about that? Because leisure is a little bit more important part of, of European culture too. It, it's definitely a bigger part um, in Europe, but uh, uh, we are not from Spain. We're not, not taking siesta <laughs> of a few <laughs> few hours um, after lunch, but uh, we do definitely put a big emphasis on spending time with yourself. And, and I think that what you said that, you know, those moments when uh, you are waiting for your elevator and you need to check your phone or you're in the subway and you're checking your phone all the time. I think it's also about us really being disconnected with ourselves and almost being scared of just being with ourselves. So really spending the time with yourself and really getting to know you much better and really listening is uh, the same as Bridget said, listening to your body, listening, tapping into that intuition. I think this is really, really important. Connecting with ourselves, with our, with nature and disconnecting ourselves from the, from the external world. And this is what we need. This is what we need for restoration. This is what we need to really, you know, get ourselves into that parasympathetic nervous system so that we can get calm, we can get relaxed, and then we can see everything with much more uh, clarity and, uh, and focus. And we are doing that in our community as well uh, with, uh, within our programs, of course, through all the mindfulness practices, with all the meditation, with all the breath work that we are integrated into our programs, with all the connection that we are bringing this tribe together with like-mindedness people. And I think this is also a very important factor by sharing same values, sharing um, same goals and really uh, connect, connection uh, within, uh, within the tribe, within uh, our community. So I think through these kind of tools and practices, uh, we, we are bringing more uh, focus on, um, yeah, on that. I love that. Something you said, I, I think 2020 scared a lot of people when they sat down <laughs> and started having that conversation with themselves for a little longer than they might normally um, and I think it was a mirror for the state of our mental health at that point. Not that it didn't come with an infinite number of mental and physical challenges, obviously, but also just like <laughs> sitting down and spending time with yourself um, in an inordinate amount of time, I think kind of held a mirror up on how we really deal with some of that. Um, and I think that what you guys are doing are great is great work in that area. It's something that we've really tried to promote and, and talk about more that the most important conversation all day um, that you have is the one that you have with yourself um, because you're the one that's there motivating yourself, trying to remain disciplined. You're the one that's in control and in the driver's seat of where you go for these wellness spaces or brands um, or products or communities. Like you, you are really in the driver's seat to kind of create this holistic picture of what works the best for you. Um, the last kind of question that I would like each of you to, to answer, um, and we can go Joel, Dean, Bridget, and, and then Serena, you can finish up. Um, Joel, what are you most, and, and you can answer this either way, what are you the most excited about or what are you really excited about right now in the wellness space? Um, or what is kind of bringing you the most passion? Like what, what, is, uh, 
what's keeping the lights on in your brain? What's making you excited to come to work or, or kind of think about something that you're going to bring to the wellness space? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I mean, I feel like I could answer it personally, but also for, for what I do, it's it's really important. And I'm I kind of in Bridget's space. I'm, I'm a people pleaser as well as, you know, the guest experience is such a, a huge part of my day. Um, but really, it's it's just ensuring that we have an environment, a safe space. And, you know, I think while people travel and people are staying with us, they're away from their usual habits and their um their routines but i think there's no need to you know lose those healthy momentums gains and um mental gains as well that you've you've perhaps tapped into um while you're at home and when you get back out on the road there's no reason why you can lose all of that so i think we uh, as a brand and and especially our property want to be a part of um ensuring that you have all the tools and the right environment and experiences that you can pick it up and keep going while you're on the road yeah. What about, what about you personally? Because I, I like. Um, personally, I mean, I'm struggling a little. I'm I'm hitting a, a kind of a, a midlife kind of body's changing, body's not responding like it used to. Um, but I have to say, it is community that's um, I think helping pull me out mentally in a sense that my body's going to do what it's going to do. I, I just have to keep it active, um, and I think just surround myself with people that are like-minded, that want to have the great uh, same success in a sense of, hey, just want to be healthy, but also enjoy the, what I'm doing uh, while I'm doing it. Um, you know, I think we all can peel ourselves up at 5, 4.30 in the morning, whatever it might be. Um, but if you're enjoying it around the people that you're, you're doing it with, I think that makes a big difference too. So I think for me, community is a huge part of where I'm going and with what I do with my health and, and mental stability. So, Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Dean, how about you? Yeah, what am I excited about, man? There's a couple of things. I think um, number one, God, like from so obviously from my standpoint as an agency, I'm excited to continue bringing our clients to the forefront. Um, you know, every brand that we work with is someone I think of, kind of putting my editor hat back on. Would I cover this? Uh, and that's sort of the litmus test for would we sign a brand or or a personality. So definitely excited to continue to expose more more exciting and uh, game changing businesses in the wellness space. Now that I've got that official and boring answer out, the, out of the way, I'd say I'm excited for cold therapy as a movement, which is really moving into wellness right now. Um, it's such an exciting space and so incredibly efficacious. Like if you've ever gone into an ice bath, you'll just know that it works. And if you've done it over time, you'll swear by it. So I think, you know, just as something that kind of got pulled just short of the mainstream with Wim Hof, the XPT movement has kind of carried over the line. And now we're seeing, you know, all different kinds of brands that do ice baths and cold therapy popping up right alongside what's happening with like infrared saunas. And so you're seeing contrast therapy become popular, just the mental health benefits that are being unearthed now in actual peer reviewed science is profound. Um, this isn't just something for endurance athletes anymore who need to, you know, ice their legs, they can run the next 50 miles of their race. This is for people who are dealing with anxiety and depression and even taking an active approach to stave off mental, um, uh, cognitive decline over time. So there's some really interesting stuff happening in that space. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in 2022. Um, something that I'm also excited about is this new kind of hybrid virtual slash in real life workout lifestyle that we're kind of moving towards. You know, COVID put us all at home, made us figure out how to work out at home, whether it was just, you know, with AirPods and a set of dumbbells or with an actual, you know, connected fitness bike with iFit or a tread with Peloton or whatever. Um, you know, I think a lot of people in the industry thought that we would all just continue working out that way, not taking into account how excited we would all be to go back to gyms and workout classes. So I think we are going to land somewhere in the middle and we're already seeing it. Uh, and, you know, Joel, you might be seeing this as well uh, with your business, but a lot of hotel properties that are now saying like, hey, you've got an iFit connected Nordic track bike in your room and you can log in with your account or we've got a Peloton in the gym and you can go and log in with your thing there. So you can, again, coming right back to customization, personalization, you can go and take a vacation and you have your progress stats up on the screen as you walk into your hotel room. It's like ready for your next workout in the program that you've been doing for the past three weeks. So I think that that combined with like still being able to go to a physical gym and literally high five a, like a friend or a CrossFit, you know, um, gym buddy or whatever. So I think that um, the hybrid model is really going to take off. I don't think we're going to see anyone be naive enough to think that we're all going to go back to gyms or we're all going to stay home and work out. I do think it'll land somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, I think those are 
those are probably my biggest ones. I'm excited for, I'm being optimistic. I hope that brands will read the room and understand that we all just went through a legitimately traumatic two years. Um, I, I think a lot of us have, particularly those with our own businesses, have tried to kind of dust it off and be like, okay, cool, like back to normal, but because we have to, and we have to put on a good, like a strong face. We have to continue. We can't, don't want to show weakness, right? Everyone wants to be strong, like outwardly, but the truth is, this is a legitimate trauma and it affect us, affected us all mentally in numerous ways. And so I'm hoping brands will read the room and not be like, well, here's a mango face mask. Um, you know, it's organic and be more like, well, here's a mental health service that you can actually like take advantage of. And, you know, um, we're going to try to break the stigma. So yeah, hopefully we're, we're realistic about where we're at and, and not um, trying to just sort of put a bandaid over it. Yeah, that is, uh, I, I hope the same. I hope the same. Um, Bridget, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for, you know, like just in general, like meditation, I think in the past, maybe it was a little like woo woo or what have you. And I think it's just becoming such a more mainstream, very, um, you know, and it's like a non-negotiable now for, um, myself and my team. And there's so many different apps, of course, but this, this new one that has come out that our team has all been using is called open. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but it's pretty amazing. And it's like a chat room for meditation. So we do it with our team, um, often. And, you know, if we're having, you know, just a stressful day or something doesn't go right, you know, we all, um, you know, jump on it, you know, we're like, let's just do like a, you know, eight minute one or a breath work session. There's breath work, there's meditation, there's sound healings. Um, and we do it as a team, which is, I think, really amazing. It's like bonding to be like, feel like we're supporting each other through it. Um, and also just like have this little tool in our back pocket. Um, and we can off go off and do it on our own, you know, and I think it's just becoming just more and more something that's just incorporated into all of our lives. It's so normal where you think, you know, five years ago, if I was at work, like, I, you know, I'm going to need 10 minutes. I'm just going to go meditate. It might not feel the same where now it's like, Oh, of course you can get your meditation. And yeah, you go, please go do it. And like the way that we're all like showing up now for each other and like supporting each other within those spaces um, is really profound. And I'm seeing it across like our leadership team. I'm seeing how much more focused we all are um, and how much more present we all are. And um, to do it together as, yeah, as a, as a team, I think is really special. Um, and so I'm excited to see that become a more norm in um, work, just as we are with therapy, just as we are with anything. Like those are all just very, you know, we all talk about it. We all block our time for it. And it's just, it's just a, like taking your lunch. You're going to go to therapy for an hour. You're going to meditate for an hour. It's not like, you know, something crazy. So um, I'm really excited to see how, because of the last few years now, this is becoming more normal and accepted and, and it's really important and really life-changing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I've already started to see a big shift in corporate atmospheres also prioritizing their employees' mental health, something that we've been having lots of conversations on is whose responsibility is that? Um, mm. And I think even though it's our responsibility to manage our own health, if an employer is going to ask you to spend eight, nine, 10 hours under their purview, that they also need to take a little bit of responsibility for how that affects each of the human being, just as Dean was talking about how brands push that on us. Um, and in Joel's world, how spaces that we operate push that on us, um, that I think we all need like a, a little bit of grace once in a while to consider um, kind of how we're managing that conversation we have with ourselves, with our teams, um, and kind of how we go about handling stress. So I really like that answer. Um, Serena, how about you? What are what are you most excited about right now, kind of going forward? Like, what's what's filling up your cup? Well, uh, it's both for the company and for my personal mission. That what excites me a lot is building our tribe and building this community, and really see it growing. And uh, it's not only from the perspective that these people are are joining uh, and then they are they are having this life changing experience, they are having this transformation, but it's just seeing them after being empowered and becoming role models for their families, joining their families, their kids starting to eat healthier, they're start, starting to do mindfulness practices. It's just simply amazing. And it's just, um, it's just so feeling so grateful that we can actually uh, create this movement and we can build this community together and they are all sharing our values and our mission. And this is something that 
makes me really, really excited that I can share with my customers exactly, exactly the same mission and that, that we are we are working together for 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 this, for our goal to to make this planet healthier. I think that's great. And I think that's a perfect um, tie up, to be honest, that like when we kind of do those things for ourselves and, and actively participate in that, that there is a butterfly effect to you walking into rooms and affecting the people around you. When Bridget does that for herself, her team sees that as the CEO of that. Um, you know, when Dean is actively picking things he thinks are important to promote, um, people are looking to him as a filter for that. When Joel is creating those things for guests in their space um, and actively doing that for himself, that those people then show up at their work conferences or in their relationships or in those downstream interactions that do create like a massive change. Um, and I think that that's something that we maybe before we're thinking about all these things in isolation, but you can probably see the underlying theme is that community is an extremely important part of how we feel connected um, and coming off of, of a difficult couple of years here um, highlights the importance of that importance of that even more, whether we are doing that in person or digitally or some type of hybrid model of both. Um, and it shows up in the way we consume products and interface with brands and the spaces we spend time with and the people that we trust and the coaches that we go to um, that we kind of all have a part to play. Um, so in that vein, I want to say thank you and, and recognize and, and that I deeply appreciate each of you, Joel, Serena, Dean and Bridget. Thank you guys so much for showing up, sharing your stories, um, sharing your insight. Um, we all really, really appreciate it. So for all of you guys um, that are watching this now um, or we'll see this after the fact, um, we're going to include all of their information. If you guys have questions, want to check out their businesses. Um, in some way, they're all kind of a part of our, our giveaway um, and uh, their information will be readily available for you guys if you want to get involved with what they're doing or follow along, because I think each one of them are making an amazing impact um, in our general wellness world, but also um, on any of the, of the consumers, which includes everybody that's going to watch this, um, that's actively participating in our wellness world. So just want to say thank you so much to each of the four of you. Um, really appreciate you guys, really value you guys. Um, and it's always amazing to have these conversations. So, so just want to say thank you to each of you. Um, and thank you to the people that are watching this. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Really appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank, thank you. Nice to see you guys. Good guys. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you.